high short kick that is going to come up and bounce at the 20. Rutgers has a chance to recover it, and they do! What a play by the Scarlet Knights! Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win! Got it! Down and 10 at the 21. Wimsett hands it off. It's Benunga getting to the corner left. 20, 15, cuts inside 10. Benunga down near the goal line. He is in! Touchdown, Rutgers! Now with six. Baker making his move with five. Step back three for the lead. All right, this is Aaron Brightman of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is not a rapid reaction. This is a few hours after Rutgers had an extremely disappointing road loss at Iowa, 86 to 77. Uh, snow day in New Jersey, first snowfall of the winter. And uh, I have two younger kids and uh, my, my son, three, three plus. This is his first real snowfall that he'll ever remember is ever able to play in. So I was outside for quite a bit, uh, started snowman, snowball fights, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So delayed this and also gave me a little bit of time to, I wanted to talk about the game and then I want to talk about big picture view of the season. Now that Rutgers is in last place in the big 10 own three start, obviously very disappointing. Um, you know, really thought after Ohio state second half that this team could build up for that that there were enough positive signs from that. And I think what my one of my biggest takeaways is, is that this team is just extremely inconsistent. They've shown flashes of being good. Um, listen, that Seton Hall win right now is holding up. Uh, it's aging very well. Seton Hall earned their second top 10 win at home uh, on Saturday against number seven Marquette. They previously beat UConn. They just beat Providence on the road. That's three ranked Big East wins for Seton Hall. Their stock is way up. That win is looking really strong on the road. Uh, and the truth is, since that game, Rutgers has not looked good. And Seton Hall has totally responded. And it's been a galvanizing moment for that team. So, you know, I guess that does make things even more frustrating. Uh, it does show that Rutgers is capable of beating good teams. But they have not been able to put it together for 40 minutes since. And... A big part of that is offense. Just talking about this game today, I mean, you know, Rutgers shot 39% from the floor. They're shooting 40% from the floor for the season. They shot 32% from three, six, and 19. They're actually shooting worse than that for the season, 30%. They were good from the line, 15 and 19 for 79%. They were plus 10 on the boards. Um, you know, defensively, this team is not, not anywhere close where they need to be. Uh, and offensively, you know, they're just... This team's not connected. They're not gelling. They're not cohesive. Um, their intensity level is it, it? It's not. It's not an effort thing in the sense of, you know, they didn't give up today and they made the score. Honestly, it was closer. A nine point loss. It did not feel like a nine point loss. The game was not really that competitive in the second half. You know, they fell behind by sixteen points in the first half. They cut it to seven at the half. That gave some hope that, hey, they were starting to figure things out. Mawat Mag played a great game. He had two back-to-back -back threes at the end of the first half. Uh, he finished with a double-double, uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds. He was 7-15 from the floor, 3-6 from 3, 7-10 from the foul line. Um, but unfortunately, there just wasn't enough balance. I mean, the rest of the starting lineup did not give Rutgers enough tonight. Um, 
Austin Williams played really well again. Uh, even better, I mean, just offensively. He was 14 points, 6 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 3 from, from 3, 4 rebounds. You know, he um, defensively, uh, you know, his physicality, his size, that that's – they need that in the backcourt in the Big Ten. And I think that that's one thing we're seeing is that the size of the backcourt, the physicality of the backcourt is not where – Rutgers has been in the past and it's, it's created an issue defensively. Um, Iowa, once again, really good at ball reversals, uh, rotations in the half court. Um, Rutgers was just a step slow. You know, they, they, the, the help side defense, the, their ability to close out on threes, you know, Iowa isn't a particularly good, great team on, on threes this year. They were seven to 14. They don't even take a ton, but they're just able to, to, move the Rutgers defense where they wanted to move them in terms of creating good looks. The Rutgers wasn't able to dictate anything out of their defense. You know, they weren't able to create offense off their defense. They weren't able to get stops. Um, and that lack of physicality, that lack of size uh, is hurting them. Um, I have a whole list of, of notes here. I just want to kind of, it's, you know, kind of all over the place. But I did want to say that the team did not quit. That's a positive. Um, but nonetheless, it's a really disappointing performance. Uh, they were behind the whole game. They keep digging themselves into huge holes to start games. That's a big problem. Um, you know, they started one of 15 from the floor. They just aren't able to get to any flow offensively. Um, there's too much ISO. There's too much standing around. Uh, there's not enough ball reversals. There's not enough inside out, you know, big problem. One thing I want to say about cliff, you know, people are saying that cliffs are regressed. I don't think he's regressed. I don't think he's forgotten or, or, or his best skills have diminished. I think that his inability to create offense on his own is more glaring because of the way the roster is constructed. Now, I think you don't have, you don't have a consistent shooting threat behind three. You don't have Cam Spencer anymore. You don't have Geo Baker anymore. You don't have Ron Harper Jr. anymore. So when you don't have a consistent threat from three, I mean, Hyatt has been solid. Uh, Three-pointers are not his strength. He, like I said, he's been the most consistent player this year. Uh, what is he, uh, just looking real quick, what he's shooting uh, this year from three. Uh, Hyatt is shooting right now 35% from three. It's not, not, not bad at all, but I don't think opponents are scared of him from behind the arc. You know, they're not scared of him behind the arc the way they are. They were of Cam Spencer, Gio, or Ron. Um, so that's hurting Cliff. You know, Cliff continues to get, you know, when, when he gets the ball on the post, they're, 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 they're collapsing on him, you know, and he still hasn't, he, he's, he's, he's still struggling a little bit to swing the ball, to find open teammates, but there's not a consistent shooting threat from the arc. Rutgers isn't hitting shots from behind the arc. So when you do that, you know, it's kind of like when you have a passing game in football, you know, you're, you're sending eight to the line, right? So teams are, are not getting confused uh, or prioritizing much else. And Cliff is not getting a lot of space. And we know that he operates best in space. You know, I think some of the, the smaller guards are, aren't being, aren't, uh, I, th I think Noah actually is pretty good at feeding Cliff, but I think that, you know, listen, Paul, Paul knew how to feed Cliff. 
Gio and Ron obviously knew how to. They got a lot of lobs with him. They got him in in, in the air. Uh, you know, Cam. People are going to say this is an excuse, but it's also it's a legitimate reality. Is the way the roster is constructed was not the plan, right? You lost Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy in May and June, and that really. I think more than people want to necessarily think about or give credence to is that that is, that is hurting this team. Uh, Cam and Paul had length. They had size. They were experienced. Uh, you know, listen, Paul hurt this team down the stretch last year. There's no denying that, but he was hurt. He played through a lot. You know, I didn't love some of the way he acted in terms of his leadership sometimes on the court, the way he was screaming at other teammates. You know, I think the vibe wasn't great there sometimes. But that being said, you know, Paul was a pass first guard. He had certain skills that at times were dominant, you know, whether it was booty ball, you know, backing a smaller defender down. Um, he was able to penetrate and, and score. He was able to penetrate and kick out. He was, you know, able to pass over the defense. He's six six. You know, I think the thing for me right now is if you look at Rutgers offensively, what can they count on? There's nothing they can count on on the offensive end. At times, Derek Simpson has been good in terms of creating the shot, in terms of his mid-range game. You know, Noah's been good at times. Um, you know, Mawat looked really good at times today. He, he played really well. Um, Jamichael Davis, I thought, you know, he was a little sloppy with the ball. He had three turnovers, but he's able to get to the rim and score. You know, he had 10 points today. And he, he plays with an energy. But all of these things are happening in flashes. They're not happening on a consistent level. And Rutgers can't count on any one thing at one time. You know, last year, you know, and I know people said Cam disappeared in certain games. And, you know, there were certain games he had bad games. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, he shot over 40% from three. You know, they don't have that this year. Andre is the closest. He's 35%. But, again, like I said, defenses aren't honing in on him the way they respected other three-point shooters on this roster in the past. Um, you know, Paul brought a certain element to the offense that they don't have right now. And, you know, Cliff, I think, again, he doesn't have that support around him. Uh, you know, he's not a naturally gifted offensive player. He's just not. And one thing that I, I noticed stats-wise that was interesting uh, – which I think is telling of this team is offensive rebounds. You know, the front court is not rebounding offensively and taking advantage of offensive rebounds the way they need to. In terms of the offensive rebounding, you know, they had 18 rebounds today. That's actually really good, but they only had, what was it? Um, not a lot of points off offensive rebounds. Second chance points, 14. So they out-rebounded Iowa on the offensive glass 18-8, to and they only held an edge of 14-13 to on second-chance points. That's not good enough. They were 12-28 of on, on layups and dunks. That's, that's not good enough. You know, things that they're not getting any easy baskets, and that's a problem. Um, you know, and even for the season, like offensive rebounding, uh, like I was hinting at, you know, center position – they're 166 nationally with 37% offensive rebounding rate. Power forward, 21.9%, 255th. 
So as a whole, right, they rebounded better today, but they couldn't take advantage. Uh, they're shooting really poorly from two-point range this season. Um, as a whole, they're, they're 317th nationally, 45%. Three-point range, 29%, 325th. Free throws have been better the last two games. They shot 79% in this game. They're only 66.6 for the year at 308. It's not a good shooting team. It's actually, looking back historically, this this tracks with the first two teams of Peichel, those two early teams that struggled offensively quite a bit in terms of offensive efficiency. Um, yeah, it's it's as bad as it's it's not as bad as those two teams, but it's the worst sense in terms of shooting. Uh, three point wise, actually, right now they're tracking as the worst Peichel team he's had. Um, you know, defensively. As a whole, statistically, they, they, they look good. They're 14th nationally, but a lot of that came earlier in the season, and they're just not able to, to string together stops. And I think a key, too, is with the, the, the physicality and the size of Rutgers is they're not wearing teams down with their defense the way they have in the past. And, you know, even those early Pikel teams, uh, defensively, they were at times, right? And they were able to make it a rock fight. And they're not making things a rock fight. And, you know, Ohio State and Iowa are two very skilled offensive teams. And they weren't really overall stopped by Rutgers. You know, they, they were able to do what they wanted. Rutgers in the past, you know, Pikel's very good at scheming, right? And taking out the best player on the other team. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. And and it's I don't think it's because Pikel forgot to coach. Now, that being said... The coaching staff has to figure it out because the bottom line is this team isn't doing their, their identity in terms of what they do well, that they're not doing anything well. And that's on the coaching staff. The coaching staff has to figure out how to play with this roster, you know, and they've just been far too inconsistent. You know, Noah Fernandes, I thought was, it was, you know, the way he played against Seton Hall, the way he can create, it's not happening right now, you know, and I don't know if it's a, it's a, it's a confidence thing. If it's being tentative, it's, if it's a physicality thing, uh, if it's a mentality thing, uh, but you know, he's, he's been deemed ineffective in big 10 play so far. Um, Derek Simpson's been up and down, you know, had played brilliantly the other night, did not give them much in this game against Iowa. Uh, Jermichael Davis is a freshman. He's going to be up and down. He had a bone bruise. Um, but overall, I think he, he's giving you something. Austin Williams, I think is warranted now much more playing time. You know, he gives you that physicality on defense that you need in big 10 play. Um, and he's, he's, he's really been, uh, I mean, today he played smart, you know, and I think as a whole, this team, there's no continuity in their game plan in terms, at least how they're executing it. Not to I, listen. I don't think this coaching staff forgot how to coach, but this team isn't executing a cohesive game plan on the offensive end. And I know people want to say they don't run offense and everything, but I think it's it's also just this team is is lacking discipline, right? And they're they're letting missed shots impact their play, both ends of the floor, and that's a problem. I think that going back to my notes here, again, this isn't a rapid reaction anymore. Uh, but yeah, just in terms of you know Cliff, Noah, Derek, and Gavin. They're not getting enough consistent offense from, you know, I thought, no, I think Noah and Gavin and, and potentially Derek are their best scorers. 
and they're not getting anything. You know, Gavin is just really struggling right now. He's he's struggling to get within the flow. I thought that, you know, today was an opportunity for the guards to penetrate a little bit more and look for kickouts to high. And Gavin didn't really happen too much. Um, and there's just not a lot of, not enough movement. There's not enough screen action. It's, it's, it's too much. I don't want to say hero ball. I don't think that, I don't think this team is being selfish. I, I don't. I, I think that they're just they're they're forcing things and they're they're lacking patience on the offensive end, and they're not generating good enough looks. And 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 the looks that they are getting that that are good, they're not they're not making. They're not making shots. Um, going back to the top here, uh, they're just yeah, they're just not connected defensively. Um, I think that you know. They did a really good job against Ohio State and not fouling. Not so much in this game. They fouled a lot. There were a lot of M1s. Um, you know, if you're going to foul near the rim, you can't let them make the shot. Uh, I talked about some of the roster reconstruction issues. You know, listen, it's it's a reality, right? Noah was brought in to be a facilitator to Cam. Uh, there is no Cam. So Noah has to be more of a lead guard and a lead scorer. And he's not able to, he hasn't been doing it on a consistent basis. That's, that's real. And I think it's impacting Cliff. Um, you know, and Paul, as much as some people didn't want him here anymore, uh, he brought a certain stability to this offense and it may, maybe he was inconsistent and, you know, he struggled at the end of last year with his injuries and everything, but he, he, he knew how to win and he's missed eight assists on 28 makes. That's, that's a, that's a flag, red flag right there. They're not sharing the basketball enough. They're not generating enough good looks and making them off of uh, within the flow of the offense. Uh, it's a lack of offensive identity, right? This team was going to run. They're not running, uh, and they're not they're not scoring in the half court. Uh, what was the transition? Fast break points. They outscored Iowa thirteen to eleven in fast break points. Um, you know, just not enough. Uh, in terms of coaching, I think, you know, there's got to be a way to, to how, how do they start games better? You know, is it shuff, shuffling up the starting lineup? Do you get Austin Williams in the starting lineup because he has more experience? Um, do you uh, just, yeah, I think you got to look at everything, right? I think you're at the point now, you're eight and six, you're own three in the Big Ten. Everything has to be reevaluated. Everything. Um they are rebounding better, but they're not finishing at the rim. That's a problem. Uh, I think that the lack of consistent scoring, right? You're, you're again going back to someone you know that can hit threes for you, or someone you know that can score inside. That's not. They don't have a consistent score that can stop runs. Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker were fantastic at killing runs of other teams because you knew you would get offense from them. Rutgers doesn't have a go-to on offense and other teams are putting together kill shots. A kill shot is a 10 plus or more scoring run. They're not able to stop it because they can't get consistent offense from anybody. Um, the physicality in the big 10, it's an issue. Um, I think this, the mentality of the team, what is the mentality of the team? You know, I think, and I don't mean this in an, that they're being arrogant or anything, but I think they thought they were better than the, they're they're playing, and and I I honestly believe they are better than this. 
but they need that underdog mentality now. They need that grittiness. They need they, they need to claw their way back. That's what they have to do. And we're not seeing that. Um, health has been an issue. They haven't had continuity in the lineups and the rotations. That People are going to say that's an excuse too, but that's also reality. That hasn't helped. Uh, hopefully they can maintain now. Everyone's been available except, you know, there's, uh, hopefully Agbola and uh, Jeremiah Williams, if they can get them. Uh, Jeremiah Williams waiting on the NCAA ruling for the gambling issue. Agbola working his way back. He's been listed questionable the last few games. That would be a boost for sure. Uh, people saying they're not going to win another Big Ten game. Not true. Uh, the Big Ten is not good this year. You have Maryland twice. You have Michigan twice. You have Penn State at home. You're at Minnesota. You have Indiana next. Indiana has been a uh, great medicine for this program the last few years. Rutgers has won eight of the last ten. They have Indiana at home on Tuesday night at the rack. The rack needs to be crazy, and you got to get a win in that game. You get a win in that game, you can catch your breath a little bit. Indiana has not been good. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Rutgers has to win that game. Um and I think, you know, going back to things, players are in roles that they weren't they weren't planned to be in. And I think that that's a factor. And if you don't want to, if you want to just dismiss that, fine. And again, now it's on the coaching staff, right? Now you have players in roles that, you know, you're asking them to do things that maybe they're not able to do on a consistent basis. So you got to look at everything. You got to look at everything, right? Go back to the drawing board a little bit, you know, and maybe the rotations have to be changed. Maybe the lineup combinations have to be changed. Maybe you have to look to go really big at times. Um, you know, some nothing's working. So what what can you do? You got to try something. And, and, and they are trying, but you got to keep trying because this isn't working. Um, and again, Rutgers is not doing themselves any favors with easy, easy baskets. Uh, they're just not getting anything offensively flowing. So I know I was a little bit redundant at times, but Rutgers long-term this season, you just want to see them get their footing. You want to see them do gain some consistency and gain an identity in terms of what they do well. And the early Pikel teams, defense and rebounding, we've seen them rebound better. Defensively, they haven't been where, close to where they need to be. They're not generating enough consistent stops. And, they're not connected enough on defense, you know, and it's not just about forcing turnovers. It's about the mentality. It's about the physicality of wearing teams down, forcing them into bad shots. And they're not doing that. It's not just about turnovers. They're actually turning teams over at a decent, decent clip. Um, but they're not, they're not forcing teams. You know, it's, it's like body blows, right? They're not, they're not getting body blows on teams on the defensive end and it's showing up at the end. So, little bit of a ramble. Uh, this is completely not emotional at all. I'm very disappointed and depressed and upset about where this team is. Um, but they're also, you know, they're also human and there's factors involved. And I think this team is in a tough spot, but they got, they got a battle, you know, this is, what are they going to make of the rest of the season? You know, are they going to curl up in a ball and, 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 and let the season, you know, fall, slip away, or are they going to fight back? And you have Indiana at home on Tuesday, and I believe this team is tougher than them, and they got to show it. So let's see what happens. 
Thanks for listening and watching once again here at the Scarlet Faithful Podcast.